Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. And I'm Michael Rogg from Top Shelf Craft. And today we have on two special guests. We have Matt Weinberg from Vector Media Group. How are you doing, Matt? I'm great. Thanks for having me. And we also have on Mark Hewitt from Happy Cog. Mark, are you there? Hello, I am. You furiously committing white space over there? Always. (laughs) And today we're going to talk to Matt and Mark about something that happened recently in the kind of web development community that was kind of, kind of interesting. Um, Vector Media Group, of which Matt uh, is the mastermind. Can I say evil mastermind, Matt? (laughs) Well, I'm not evil. No, I'm the mastermind, but not evil. All right. Was the, you orchestrated essentially the buyout of a very well-known web development company, Happycock. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how that all came about, Matt? Sure. So um, we've known of Happycock and their work for years. Uh, their super well-known agency is not just development. They're very well-known for their design. They're very well-known for strategy. Uh, they're known for their a lot of pioneering kind of web standard stuff. And they've been in the kind of expression engine community and the craft community and the Laravel community and, and other things. So I've, I've just known about them for a while. They're, they're based in Philly. I've been in New York. And and, and kind of like Philadelphia and New York, at, at sometimes you guys have been rivals, <laughs> I would imagine, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for sure. I know, I know for a fact that we have bid on projects against each other and we've lost projects to them. And I honestly think that they've lost projects to us. And I don't know that because of this acquisition. I know it because I remember times when we've lost a project and then eight months later, I see it on the happy cog portfolio. Right. (laughs) But, and that's okay. You know, that happens. Um, So, so what was your motivation in terms of going to acquire happy cog? Is this, is this kind of like the dentist who goes hunting for lions in Africa to bring one back or or what's going on here? (laughs) No, I think <laughs> I think there's a couple a couple reasons. Uh, one is that you know Happy Cog has a tremendous reputation and tremendous brand. Though I think Vector has had a better ability to let's say scale, or we have a bigger team. You know, where you're close to 50 people. Oh um, wow! So one of the things we talked a lot about with the Happy Cog team was this idea that put Vector resources behind some of the projects and interests that HappyCog has and you could get a really nice combination. Uh, I think HappyCog also has just tremendous background in design and strategy. And these are things that we do and we're great at at Vector, but just adding that experience to our team, we felt would be super helpful. So, I mean, is it the, uh, are you looking at acquiring the personnel? Was that what was attractive? Are you looking to acquire the, uh, the client list? Are you looking to acquire certain IP that they have or, or, you know, what, what were the big motivators here? So I think when you acquire an agency, really, you're acquiring just a couple of things, right? Like you're, I mean, I know some agencies have products and things, but Happy Cog doesn't really have that stuff. As, and neither do we. We have a couple of add-ons here and there. But first of all, the, the people. Happy Cog has great people, super smart, 
Mark Hewitt, who's on this call, is definitely one of the best developers I've, I've ever met. Uh, so certainly the people. Second would be the brand and reputation. You know, I just think a lot of people admire Happy Cog. Certainly we admire Happy Cog. And so having that as part of our team, we thought would just be a great thing. And three, I think with any agency acquisition, you're also looking at um, clients, of course. Right. There are clients that Happy Cog has that are super happy with Happy Cog. And we definitely don't want to mess that up. But we feel like as a combined team, we could probably offer them more services and give them more value. Yeah, I mean, of course they're going to have happy clients. They're not called unhappy cog. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> but so you're saying the totality of the package is what made it interest you. But I mean, you could you could probably say that about you know any any other reasonably sized agency, right? You know, we're interested in the personnel, we're interested in their clients, and all that kind of stuff. What what made Happy Cog specifically, you know, something you're interested in or, or target or, or whatever? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's kind of interesting, right? Like, I think on the one hand, Happy Cog is very different from Vector, and and Mark might be able to shed light on this also. But I think in some ways, Happy Cog is very similar to Vector. Um, from a development point of view, they work on similar kinds of technologies. Some of their processes are similar. So first of all, I think it, it, I think it's difficult to acquire an agency if they're like totally polar opposite. Right. Because then just integrating those agencies it would be a giant pain and could and could honestly cause problems with clients. You don't want to do that. So first of all, just from a pure compatibility point of view, we felt good about that. Second, I would say that the, the talent, brand, and client list is, is really top tier. I see. And so those are important to us. I think they really are separate from any other kind of mid, mid-level successful agency. Okay. Yeah. So, you, so you think that, you know, kind of what they had to offer was top tier and, and worthy of you getting out your, your hunting rifle and going poaching, right? <laughs> I do think that. And, and don't, don't discount what I said before, though. I, like, if a, we really felt like it would be an, an easy integration between the teams. Right. Because that's important. You don't want to do this kind of acquisition and lose all the clients after because you messed up. So making sure that the teams actually had similar views of things was honestly a very, very important thing to us. Right. It, it makes perfect sense um, why this like, works seems to work out well. And, and I think... You know the reason that we're here talking about it in the first place is because Vector and Happy Cog are both huge names uh, in our industry, um, and and so a case study of anything happening at either of of these organizations is sort of worthy of note um, because both both Vector and Happy Cog are sort of proxies for you know bigger trends and forces in the industry. Um, so so it all makes perfect sense why why this looks good why this benefits y'all, why it benefits the clients and adds value and all of these things. But, but what's the story? Like, <laughs> why did, why did this happen? How did this happen? Why did it happen now? Like, can you, can you sort of like give us the, um, the, the novella version of this? <laughs> yeah. Like were, were you guys out at a bar and you were talking to some principals and you had a couple of drinks and you're like, you know what? I should buy you. I mean, you know what, what's the deal? Like, how do you, how does this conversation even start. <laughs> I don't know if it's. I don't know if novella is the, <laughs> is the right um, is the right word for it. It's not quite that dramatic. Um, well, for, first of all, I, I'm going to say a couple of things, but I really, I also want to kick it to Mark in a second because he. One of the things to note is like, you know, Happy Cog, they like, did not have to sell themselves to us either, right? So I think part of this was that we had to convince them why this might be a good fit because mm-hmm. they could have. I mean, they could have kept on keeping on. 
So, um, and that's going to be, I think that's interesting to hear from him also, like why, like how much, uh, I don't know, like how much confidence they had and how that all happened. But from Vector point of view, honestly, it just, it started with just some, I think, really low level conversations around just like the industry. Who picked up the phone first? Well, we've, well, we've had, there was never a phone call that was like, you know, Hey, happy cog, we want to buy you. That's not really how it happened. Like we've had various interactions with happy coggers through many years, right. not about purchasing, but just about like the industry, you know, like what are your processes like? What are you seeing as far as trends? What are clients asking? Just, you know, like let's get together and talk. And, and I've had that with a number of happy coggers and my business partner, Stu has had that with a number of happy coggers. And so you kind of have these conversations over time. And I think what happens is as you're talking, you realize that a lot of what you're facing is similar. A lot of how you're approaching those challenges are similar. And I'll get more detailed in a second. And um, one of the things that we started talking a lot about at Vector was this idea that there's been a tremendous amount of consolidation in the in the agency industry. And you see a lot of agencies are getting bought up by big agencies. And I'm, I'm not judging that, whether it's good or bad, it's fine. It is what it is. But what you're seeing is that clients want are starting to expect more and more and more. And it's becoming, I think, a little bit harder for smaller agencies to compete against that. Right. And when we talked to Happy Cog about the, those trends, it became obvious that they were seeing the same thing. And so the question is, how do we solve it? And is there a way to solve it together? And then you kind of get a natural, do you know what I mean? Like you kind of get a natural progression into, oh, well, what if we, what if we did solve this together, actually? Like legally together, you know, for real right. together. Not just not just kind of quasi together. I know, Mark, if you want to add anything else to that? No, I, I would agree with all of that. I think from my perspective, and I, I, I think I have a different perspective from from Matt, only in that you know, I'm, I'm, I consider myself more of a practitioner than Matt um, is. Matt has a, an incredibly complex job of managing all of this, and I get to kind of tune it all out, turn off Slack, and do some development day-to-day. -day. Um, so I have a different perspective, and I think one of the things that I've seen um, with my client interactions is that We've seen a lot of a lot of clients come to Happy Cog for full service um, full service work, and Happy Cog's always had a very narrow focus. And our goal has always been, you know, we do websites, we do content heavy websites, even mm. like not just websites, we do content heavy websites, and like that was a very narrow focus. Um, and when when the work's there, it works out really well. But I think within that consolidation that Matt was describing people are looking for and clients are looking for more than just that narrow focus. They're looking for that narrow focus plus SEM and SEO on top of that. Right. They're looking for that narrow focus plus app development on top of that. And that's hard for Happy Cog as a sub 15 person shop. That's hard for Happy Cog to, to provide. Um, I think one of the hardest things for us to, to provide historically has always been um, SEO, SEM. And that's one area where I think um, personally, and I've only been with Vector for a short time, but where I think Vector excels um, is through the SEO, SEM stuff. So having oh, the ability is, this to This is a sore subject. Those. This is a sore subject. Matt got so mad at me. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but, but we won't interrupt you yet. <laughs> the story. Uh, no, I think that's the end of my story. That uh, I think that's one area where I think they were able to help. Yeah. So... <laughs> I, I did a, a presentation and dot all on SEO and I'm like, 
Is there anyone, uh, you know, in here that, you know, does SEO or works for an SEO agency? And I said, raise your hand. And I looked around, I didn't see anyone raising their hand. And I'm like, good, because a lot of them, and I probably said something, you know, semi disparaging, I guess, um, which I, I kind of stand by from the point of view that I think there are a lot of terrible SEO agencies out there, but there also are a number of really, really good ones. Um, but then, of course, when I met up with uh, with Matt later on at the bar, he like, <laughs> like tore into me. It's like, so hey, man, I-, I was raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't disagree, I think, with a lot of that. We and. HappyCog not having internal SEO, SEM kind of marketing experience. I think we've worked with a lot of those agencies that you're describing. Right. Um, And it's a hard thing to do. Like when you're an SEO, SEM firm and you have, let's just say, no development experience, Mm -hmm. your whole job is to make recommendations for other people to implement. Your whole job is to give other people work to do. Like it's, it's a tough spot for them to be in. And the thing that Vector has is they have that plus dev like they 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 can make those recommendations and do it um and that's something that i just i always liked about vector as a kind of as a business model um and that's something that you know with the happy cognero focus we didn't we didn't necessarily have yeah and i was speaking more about the seo agencies that i'm not even talking they don't even do sem necessarily uh they basically have you know a semrush account or a moz account and they they click the button and they generate a report and then they charge the clients tons of money to have other people implement it. And that is not just to clear the air. That is not all that vector media does. Right, Matt, you do actually real work in the SEO biz, right? Yeah, we have. So I think what you see a lot, and actually this is, this is goes to those competitive pressures I mentioned before, because from, from the top, you have those big agencies and, and all of that from the bottom, you have a lot of agencies that are like, they say they're full service, right? right? Or they say they do everything, but really it's kind of what you just said. Like they're, they're, they're pretty good at design. They're decent at dev. They're like not that good at SEO, but they'll kind of sell everything and maybe they'll just like outsource a bunch of stuff, right? you know? And, and they can do that very cheaply and, and that's fine. I'm not taking away from anybody, you know, if they're offering value to clients and that's fine, that is what it is. But I think sometimes they're also tricking clients a little bit, which is mm-hmm. not good. I agree. And by tricking them, they're hurting the client's rankings. They're also just doing a bad job and it's, it's not good. Yeah. So we, we try to be much better than that. You know, we have, like, we have a full dedicated SEO team. Our SEO team is, I don't know, like nine people, 10 people, something like that. Um, we have, you know, a president of marketing services. We have a VP of marketing services. We do SEM, SEO. It's a significant portion of our business. So when we tell clients we're doing that, those marketing services, um, it's a legit thing that the, the department here is run by a partner, my co-founder Lee. Right. So it's not, it's not like BS. It's real. And that's, right. Mark's, that's another, actually, that's another reason we thought it might be a good fit. I think a lot of happy cloud clients, um, honestly could benefit from, you know, a company that offers these kinds of services too. And I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of a lot of these big agencies being mediocre at best in terms of the development as well. Like I'll, I'll go even, Further on that, I think a lot of these agencies, the larger agencies, they have a background in doing print work, maybe doing video work, you know, that type of stuff. And they almost see their digital arm as just making digital brochures, right? They don't understand that they're actually doing real software development and they're not just making kind of a a digital brochure. And I, and I will say that from the, the stuff that I've seen both, um, Happy Cog and Vector Media do. Um, you folks both do some really good work. 
Um, so I'm not talking about you, but I, I can't tell you how many agencies I've seen that their digital team, again, is mediocre at best, very much so. Um, but I guess it kind of doesn't matter when you're that big and you've got that kind of a name. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the truth. <laughs> like, I mean, not to say it doesn't matter, but yeah, they, I think a lot of agencies are resting on their name and, and work that they claim and, you know, I, yeah, just not, not fantastic. Or, or they outsource it. I mean, I can't tell you, I've, I've done work for a number of really big agencies that they just outsource it to me. And I know a number of other people in the business that the same thing happens. Like a lot of the times the work isn't even done in house uh, because, well, I guess that's a good thing. They recognize that they don't have the, the skill set to do what needs to be done. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't necessarily take quite so cynical a view of, you know, what I sort of see as more legacy design and, and branding studios who, who have smaller or even weaker digital teams. You know, I think that there's an enormous amount of, uh, of experience and understanding and, and ability to provide, you know, value to clients strategically, even in digital spaces that has nothing to do with your, your ability to actually build digital things, you know, like the processes that go into deeply understanding a business and oh, yeah. turning that into, into a meaningful brand expression. You know, I think there's, there's merit to that. And I think that there's certainly holdouts among, you know, even bigger design studios where, where they've stayed doubled down on, on that proficiency. And, and that's fine because they'll send me that work, you know, when they actually need to build right. it. And, and that's cool. But to, so to loop back to the, the actual topic of this podcast, though, which is Vector and Happy Cog, <laughs> like, um, th there's a lot of, you know, these synergies that you're describing, you know, the ability to provide a, a broader palette of services to your clients. A lot of that can be and frequently in our industry is accomplished through just close partnerships and, you know, agencies working together, you know, even sometimes under a common roof. Um, or from a you know common <laughs> co-working space or you know whatever like you've got these guys that do their really really good dev work and these guys do the do their really really good design work and by guys I mean guys and gals and, and people of all stripes and then you've got this posse over here that does like really good SEO SEM and and marketing and they you know just have close working relationships and they share clients and they collaborate on projects. Why, why did you go as far as actually merging agencies? Why not just strike up a really deep integrated partnership between Vector and Happy Cog? Yeah, so I think that's a really good question. And, and it's honestly something we asked ourselves also, right? Because mm. one, one, just like a quick sidebar, one of the things I learned through this process is that it is actually like very difficult to do this kind of transaction and that is that is not saying anything bad about anybody or our team like everybody worked extraordinarily hard i cannot say enough good things about greg the principal at happy cog and everybody else there but there's just you know i mean we have like a 40 page legal document you have two sets of lawyers and, and even if it's a friendly transaction like this it's just <laughs> a oh, yeah. lot of work oh yeah and so and you, you and now you have all these systems and stuff so it's a good question because like you got to ask yourself, is it worth it? Right. <laughs> like all of these, all this nonsense. But I think it is, and I think one of the reasons is because, to, to your point, let's say that Vector was like only a design team, and Happy Cog was like only a development team. 
then I think you could say, all right, maybe we won't, maybe we won't have an acquisition. Maybe we'll just become partners and refer business back and forth. But that's not really the case with Vector and Happy Cloud. You know, yes, we offer marketing services that, that Happy, Vector offers marketing services that Happy Cloud doesn't offer. But on the other hand, they are very similar. <laughs> you know, there's design services, there's dev services, there's very similar stacks and expertise. And so the question becomes, well, what are we actually referring to each other here? Like Happy Cloud is not going to refer Vector, some big design and dev product they could do in-house. And Vector is not going to do that either. So I think when you have two similar companies, it's hard to have that kind of partnership when the services are the same. So the question is, all right, should we just team up and offer these services together? And I'm sure Mark has views on that also, and I'll jump to him in a second if he has. But I also want to add that like the not only was a lot of work on the Happy Cog side, but it was a lot of work on the Vector side too. Like we, you know, my business partners, they worked um, their butts off to make this happen. I worked my butt off. Our HR manager, our director of technology, it was just like, you know, <laughs> A lot of like long nights and, and everything. So, but I don't know, Mark, if you have anything as well. Well, let me, yeah. let me tee that up real quick for you, Mark. So I, I do have a question, Mark. So you, we know you because you're an amazing developer. Are you, are you also someone that has a controlling interest in happy cog or a vote in whether this happens or are you, you know, just kind of along for the ride on this? No, I'd say I'm along for the ride on this. Um, this was Matt and the rest of the partners at Vector and, and Greg, the principal at Happy Cog. And, and I heard a vicious rumor. And Matt, mm-hmm. I want you to confirm or deny whether this is true. I heard a vicious rumor that this entire takeover bid was just a way to get Mark Hewitt as an employee. <laughs> is that true or false? 100% true. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, we... Okay, so it is, that's obviously not true though Mark is amazing, but it's kind of an interesting point you just brought up that you asked if Mark has, like, is just kind of going along for the ride or if he has a say in it. One of the important things is that, like, if the Happy Cog employees weren't going to be happy with this deal, then even if they didn't have, like, a legal vote, then it's not something we would have gone along with because it's not going to be successful. It's, like, it's not worth our money and time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if they're not on board then what are we even doing? Because all the benefits that we wanted to get from it are would like disappear in a second. So I would say that you, we should separate the concepts of like a legal veto versus, you know, is everybody on the same page about what we're trying to accomplish? Yeah, sure, sure. And it, it's funny because you mentioned that one of the reasons you're interested in consolidating is just to be able to be full service, right? So just like if someone walks into a massage parlor and they want a massage and then they ask, can I get a pedicure too? And they say, no, 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 we don't do that. They're going to, you know, they're going to be like, come on, I want to get all this stuff done in one place. Right. But just like you are talking about consolidating so that you can be a full service um, agency to combat some of these mega agencies that are out there. There are a lot of people listening in the uh, web development community that they may work at smaller agencies, right? And they may look at Vector and Happy Cog as competitors, and they might be a little bit worried about what's going on here. So, are you are you bent on world domination here? Is I mean, what's going on? No, no, we're definitely not bent on world domination. I think there is, you know, it's 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 funny, right? Where we're, we're f- you know, I don't know, fifty, sixty, whatever we are, whatever amount of people, and I totally that's a decent it. sized company. I get it. I yeah. 100% get it. I know. Every day I see, you know, every two weeks I see our, you know, like payroll debit <laughs> in our bank account. I'm like, wow, this is a big company. Oh, yeah. I mean, my my company, I, at most I had 13 employees, and that's still not a tiny company in terms of payroll. 
you know? No. So it must be, you must be off the charts. Right. But, but the funny thing is there are, are a lot of agencies that are like 300, 400, 500. Right. right. And so we look at that and we're like, wow, that's, you know, gigantic. Mm-hmm. So I think there's plenty of room for all of that. You know, the, the truth is that so the swooper small agencies, I don't know that we compete with as much, you know, where we're not doing projects that are just a couple thousand dollars. I'm, I'm, and I know that there are small agencies that are doing projects that are bigger than that, but I would say most small agencies I speak to, they are very good at what they do, but maybe they don't, they don't, they don't operate in kind of the same price point and service point as we do. And that means we're not the right fit for some clients too. But maybe they want to. <laughs> it's true. Can you sure, give, can you give us a roadmap for how to take business away from Vector? <laughs> <laughs> What are you, what are your weaknesses? <laughs> um, I think four easy steps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, Go ahead, Matt. Well, no, but no, let's. I mean, let's talk about it, right? Because it's a good it's a good question. What are the weaknesses of a bigger company? It's true. Like, and how can small agencies compete? Because we used to be two people, right? Right, and then we were five, and then we were ten. One of the things that happens when you become a bigger agency is that you get suddenly you need to have a lot more process in place. Mm-hmm. And so like HappyCog has process, Vector has process. Those processes are different in some cases. They're the same in some cases. I, I think there's going to be improvements there to both sides. But, you know, even though I think Vector and HappyCog can move extremely fast, there are certainly, if, if you're a one or two person agency and you are like the sole focus of a particular client, you know, and I mean, that's that's kind of a different kind of relationship. And maybe you can't offer quite as much, but you're, you know, willing to kind of work 24-7 for them or something I don't know if I'm really making a lot of sense here, but no, you 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 are, and it's something that I I, I've kind of wrestled with is that I've been turning away a lot of work, and I kind of had the option of do I turn that work away or do I accept that work and then grow and become larger? And for anyone who's never been, I'm sure lots of people have been in that position, but it's not an easy question to answer in terms of. How big do I want to be and how does that change the atmosphere and also the nature of the work that I do, right? And it has to be something that you are thinking about as well as you look around and you say, well, there are two people here, then there were 10 people, and then there were 20, and now there are 50, and now we're acquiring companies right and left, you know? I mean, is that something that crosses your mind in terms of how big do you want to be and is there a size where you're going to be happy and this is you're right in the sweet spot where you want to be our goals are not based on the number of people that work here so it's so funny when you're a business owner as you know whenever i tell people i own a business the very first question they ask me is how many people is your business and right. i think that's so funny because right. what we could do is we could go in a like tremendous amount of debt and raise a whole bunch of capital and hire a million people. Mm-hmm. And I could act like a big shot for like a year, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You could be, you could be like any number of Silicon Valley companies that have tons of investment, but their revenue doesn't even cover their payroll. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I think our success is not based on headcount per se. Right. I think our success is based on like, are we servicing our clients so we could be like any number of Silicon Valley companies. We're not Silicon Valley, but we could be like that. We could raise a bunch of capital and a bunch of debt. And I could walk around like a big shot for a year saying, oh, I employ 3 million people or whatever. And then we'd go out of business. And I don't want to do that. Um, we we want to be profitable. 
So like, like that's the first thing. And we want to be able to serve our clients. That's the second thing. One of the things we saw is that our clients have been demanding in, in a nice way, but they've been expecting, I would say, more and more from us sure. over time. And I don't want to be in a place where our clients feel like they're outgrowing us and we can no longer service them. So at that point, I feel like we have to grow and expand just in order to make sure we're still giving our clients the service they want and we don't lose them as clients. So to me, that's that's like the sweet spot. Are we big enough to give our clients the service they want, but not stretching ourselves to you know risk the um, financial stability of our business? Yeah, and that makes sense because if you are one of these mega corporations, you don't want to be dealing with you know, dozens or even hundreds of different little companies to service things, you would like to have one agency that you can work with that can service your needs. And I've been involved in some projects where there is an agency that is servicing a a large, well-known company, and they don't necessarily have that capacity. So then they hire or they contract out to another firm, and then that firm contracts out to some other subcontractors. But no, nowhere anywhere up the line is anyone supposed to say, you know, hey, I don't work for this agency? You know what I mean? And and you kind of want to be in that position where you can just have your agency and say, yes, here we are. Uh, this is us on staff that are servicing uh, you and all of your needs uh, entirely. Um, but Mark, I, I got a, a question for you real yep. quick, if you have a second here. So one of the things I'm curious about, Mark, is and and please don't take this the wrong way because I think that you are amazing and that Happy Cog has done some amazing work. Um, but it, it sort of seems like Happy Cog is is not as big as it used to be. Is that by design or is that just kind of happenstance or or, or what is your position on that? And or do you think that I'm completely wrong? <laughs> um, no, I don't think you're. I you're not not wrong. Um, it's a double negative that. Um, not, not, but I'm, I think <laughs> I think. Um, Happy Cog, it was like I was saying before, Happy Cog's always had this super kind of hyper-focused focus. Like we've always been very like niche in what we provide and what we offer. And I think that's that's always worked out very well for us and our ability to um, to provide that. Um, but it's, you know, it's not without its own struggles because, you know, like Matt said, you could take on a bunch of debt, grow exponentially quickly. Um, but then you, it makes it harder to provide what you can provide as a, as a small firm. So Happy Cock has grown and shrunk for sure throughout the years. Um, but I think it's always kind of, even when we were at our biggest, we've, we split up into small teams to continue to deliver kind of that small team approach. So how, how big were you at your biggest? Uh, at our biggest, we were over 30. Mm-hmm. And you, and um, you said you're at like what? Four, across 14? three offices. Yeah. Across multiple offices. And I think, um, you know, there was, there was an acquisition there that, that also made that, you know, that made us as big as we, as big as we were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, it grows and shrinks with the time and it grows and shrinks with the consolidation. I think that, that Matt was talking about. Yeah. And I don't mean any of this as a pejorative <laughs> because I totally agree with Matt that size doesn't, in this is instance anyway, size really doesn't matter. Or, and, and from my perspective, I think that what really matters is that you, enjoy the work that you're doing, right? I mean, I think that's really an important thing. And maybe something that Matt feels good about is if he's able to tell clients, yes, we can do this for you, right? Like, yes, we mm-hmm. can take care of all of these things for you. Yeah. I hate saying no to clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm good with saying no to clients that aren't the right fit for us. Sure. But, but I hate the idea of saying no to clients for things that like we could do, you know? 
Um, and so I, I think we try very hard to avoid that. Right. So, so um, as, as you're, you were talking about the different processes that an agency sort of spins up as, as it gets bigger. And, and I'm right in the middle of, of selling a big piece of my agency as well. And so this question is sort of top of mind for me, and I'm interested to get your thoughts. How, like, what does the work look like to take two agencies that both have similar but independent top-of-class processes, mm. right? Processes that are looked upon by the rest of the industry as definitions of best practices. Like, what does the work look like to take these two sort of modes and merge them into one, b both philosophically and like logistically and technically, what does that actually look like? Uh, sure, this I can start there, Mark. I think we, and Matt mentioned this earlier, but there are a lot of similarities between Happy Cog and Vector, and I think that's what makes made this so appealing, speaking for myself, I think that's what made it so appealing for um, Matt and the other partners at Vector. Um, you know, we're going to switch from some of the Happy Cog tools, like how we track time and how we, you know, track issues to over the Vector way of tracking time and issues. But that's really a tools question. Right. Um, that's just, you know, which tool do you type your, your issue into and which tool do you use to find the issues to, to work on? But at the end of the day, the process is still really the same. You come in in the morning and you, you fix the bugs that need fixing and you, you go home at the end of the day. I think though, to, to get back to your, to your question and, and answer it more directly, I think, it's a lot about it's a lot about compromise, and it's a lot about seeing kind of where you excel and, and where you can learn. Um, I think one of the th the things that I've really enjoyed about this process, and one of the, the things that Matt and the partners at Vector are really good about, is they didn't throw everything at Happy Cog out with the acquisition. It wasn't like, all right, you guys are Vector now, so here's your Vector email. You know, throw away everything else because you know you're this. It's a slow transition, and we're moving things in slowly. We're not going to use a, a cliche, we're not going to rock the boat, we're going to kind of move over slowly as things make sense. And I think that's made things really easy. Um, it's made re really easy to continue to talk to clients the same way we've always talked to clients. It's made it really easy to continue to, you know, identify emerging, you know, emergency issues as quickly, um, because we're not adding a brand new way to log emergency issues or something like that. Um, so it's been a lot about compromise in order to um, to make that a little bit more smooth. Yeah, and that makes sense. And that that's kind of like the discussion that we were having before the show, right? In terms of the, the tool doesn't matter so much as that everyone <laughs> agrees upon it and is just using something, you know, and, and standardizing on it, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the one thing that's, I think, interesting about this, and it goes back to a question that Michael was asking earlier, which is when you have, you know, a smaller agency, you usually do have to reach out and find people to help you with SEO, content modeling, architecture, design, whatever it may be that your smaller agency can't can't handle in-house for timing reasons or just expertise reasons. Um, so you find yourselves with a lot of these kind of very close relationships. And Happy Cog, being a small agency, absolutely um, lived by that model. We had what we called strategic partners, um, people that we consistently went to for this type of work so that we could build that relationship with them and and treat them almost as a part of our team, even though we didn't either have the the work or the, the need to bring them on full time. And I think you can get some really great relationships that way, and you can get some really great work done that way. But it always comes back to if they're not actually a part of your company, if they're not actually on the same email, at the same holiday party, at the same, they're, they're still a separate entity, and there's still some sort of gulf 
between you and that that external person. So having them in your in the company, and I think one of the things that makes the Happy Cog Vector acquisition exciting is being a part of you know the vector resourcing decisions, being a part of the vector planning decisions, being a part of all of that is infinitely more powerful than, you know, hey, we had this meeting, we determined this, can you do that? You know, that sort of stuff. Um, and I think that's that's going to help a lot. I think it's going it's to help a lot. Now, let me ask you a question, Matt, about the brand. So is the Happy Cog brand going to be kept around or is it just going to be kind of consumed by Vector Media or is it going to become Happy Vector Media Group or what's the deal? First of all, just uh, just to set the record straight, we are Vector Media Group. We don't we don't like the name Vector Media. That's a there's a different company called Vector Media that is not us. So we are Vector Media Group. Oh, you're uh, not that cable company. I always thought that was you. <laughs> we are not the uh, no, okay. not the other one. But it's a good question. I, I would say honestly, we haven't a thousand percent decided what to do yet. We want to kind of figure that out over the next couple of months with the Happy Cog team and the Vector team and, and also our clients and understand what makes sense. But a big part of the value of this acquisition for us was the Happy Cog name and brand and reputation. There's hmm. no question about that. So I think it would be extraordinarily ill-advised of us to go through this whole process just to throw that name and brand and reputation out. So I can't see us doing that. But on the other hand, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense to operate under two names or how that works. So it's just something we're trying to figure out and consider right now. Or Happy Cog, a division of Vector Media Group. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I mean, not just not just from an active perspective, uh, the work that you're doing now, but, you know, the Happy Cog name is attached to just an enormous amount of internet history and and history of of web development as a, a craft and as a community i mean the whole you know, the cognition brand and you know just the the founding story and and how you know happy cog was such a thought leader for so long in the web standards movement and i think regardless of what you what you do for clients going forward uh, i imagine that that there's a lot of consideration going into just like how to preserve the history uh, around the Happy Cog name and and story? It's totally right. You're you're totally right. How do we honor that history and preserve it, and but also make sure that we communicate that things have changed a bit, and now there's this whole you know kind of bigger company that's associated with that that can offer more services. Honestly, it's it's a hard question. Uh, you know, <laughs> we really don't want to mess it up, <laughs> and so we're for now it's like we're not making any big moves, but we need to we need to figure out what this means going forward. Yeah, right? because in five years, if it's still, you know, Happy Cog over there and Vector Media over Vector Media Group, <laughs> very you. sorry, I'm going to call you VMG from now on. That's, that's uh, what I call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going to call you Happy Vector. How about that? <laughs> Um, so, you know, in five years, you wouldn't want the status quo, right? I mean, at some point, something is going to change, but you may not know exactly what that's going to be yet. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not just like saying that, honestly, it's, and like, we just, we don't know, but I, I totally agree with you at this point. I don't think it makes a lot of sense to operate under two different names for the next couple of years, because we want to build brand equity and we want to continue getting well-known and we don't want to dilute that. On the other hand, I think Vector is known for some things. I think Happy Cog is known for some things. And so 
we also don't want to make a big mistake. Right. It's hard. Uh, that's luckily we have an amazing branding team here who can <laughs> help us think through those things. So yeah. if Vector two amazing branding teams, as it were, two, yeah, two amazing, now, great. now, great. now one amazing branding <laughs> team. <laughs> that's exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. And, and by the way, that's a good point because we're not discounting the expertise and knowledge of the happy coggers with their history too. Like Mark's been with happy cog for Mark what, 10 years, 12 years. I mean, yeah, 12 years now, 12 years. Nobody knows ha- yeah. what the happy cog brand means more than Mark. So you, you have to get those perspectives. You have to, we all have to sit down and talk about it. Yeah. So this is the, the dev mode podcast. So um, I know there's a lot of, of developers that will look at this uh, merger and be really curious how you go about, it, you know, like philosophies and, and processes and teams are one thing, but <laughs> how do you go about merging the, the technical practices and and technology systems of these two organizations. I mean, Happy Cog has Happy Cog hosting and a host of of other infrastructural setups, and and so does so does Vector. And so, can you like sort of talk about how you see from a from a dev standpoint and a DevOps standpoint, like what is the the Vector Media Group way of doing things, and what is the Happy Cog way of doing things, and how do you how do you merge those? Yeah, I, I heard, uh, just to piggyback off that, Michael, I heard that Vector Media Group uses tabs <laughs> and and Happy Cog uses spaces. And, and I, I would imagine the there's... Case, I think if that was the case, this merger would have never happened. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell are you going to reconcile that? It's going to take a lot of regular expressions. <laughs> Yeah, but no, Michael's asking a really good question. Like, how, how are you going to merge the the technical stuff? So, uh, I would say from the Happy Cog side, we've always been a little bit of a chameleon. And we we always have described ourselves as technology agnostic. So, we have a lot of different technologies that would need what, what you're describing as porting over. And Vector, to be fair, Vector describes themselves, I think, as technology agnostic as well. Like, they, they, you, they work across a variety of technologies. They're not just a craft shop or just an expression engine shop. The thing though about about Happycock historically for the last 12 years is we've always we've always tried to do everything kind of on the client's infrastructure. And that's just a decision that we made a long time ago and we've always kind of went with. Um, and I think as I learn more about Vector, I think Vector has taken I mean not the opposite approach, but they have a lot more internalized technology. So Unfortunately, to answer your question here, I think it's actually a pretty easy move because we don't necessarily have two competing DevOps. There's no Happy Cog DevOps for staging and Vector Media Group DevOps for staging that we then have to, we have to merge together. We kind of have the Vector Media Group DevOps and, you know, Happy Cog is split across five or six different um, DevOps approaches. So there's no kind of hard, hard merge there from that perspective. There's a lot of tools, you know, there's GitHub accounts, there's Jira accounts, there's things like that that we need to move over. And we're doing some um, leader of the technology group on the Vector Media side is doing a lot of automated imports um, to move things out of GitHub and into Jira in order to use, you know, to use the, the Vector systems. Um, so there's a lot of imports, exports from that, from that side, but there's not a lot of take all of these sites off this one system and move them onto another system. Yeah, and I, I think you make a really good point that you can't be tethered to a particular technology in this business because it changes so often. Like you, you, you have to be, you have to be so willing to look at every solution out there and what is the right fit 
uh, at any given time. Like, I totally agree with that. But Matt, what does that look like from your end on, on this? Or are you just like, ah, I don't deal with that. I'm going to let the, uh, I'm going to let Ben and the other tech people sort it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's kind of two aspects. There's like the, this, the practical, you know, we don't want to have two GitHub organizations. We don't want to be paying for two issue trackers. Like there's just all those things, which are easy, but just annoying. You know, <laughs> there's like, I mean, they use one password, we use one password. They, you know, so there's a lot of that. But the, the kind of interesting thing for me has been that we we have a great, I should say Vector has a fantastic dev team, just like super smart people that have created a whole bunch of processes. And to Mark's point, like we have this whole Docker setup and like these staging site creators and I don't know, all these different things. On the Happy Cog side, they also have a fantastic technical team who have kind of created their own stuff. They have like this CLI tool that does that like wraps all of their common tasks and this like S3 proxying service. And the reason I mention all this is because I would I would like to see us figure out the best of the both worlds and and combine them. And so that's not a practical question. That's not like make an account. That's like how do we share these best practices and systems across the groups? without making it seem like we're forcing things down people's throats. Like, right. I don't want to email everyone on the vector side and be like, hey, you all have to use this like special CLI tool now. What I'd like to happen is that they just, in working with the tech team at HappyCog, like they see it being used and they kind of, and whatever the best practices are from both sides kind of get combined. Yeah, this actually could be a great opportunity where you can both do an audit and be like, oh, you know, these guys are doing this better than we are. Let's do that. And, and this is something that I do on a, a regular basis when we're, approaching a new project is I kind of do a little audit of the the processes that I'm using. And is there anything better out there? And you have the luxury of two really good teams and you get to pick the the best from each world when you're merging it together. So, I mean, from that perspective, it actually could be really uh, beneficial and refreshing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, we and I think um, to just jump in there, I think, you know, Matt described this earlier as a, as a friendly acquisition. It's not a hostile takeover or anything like that. And I think <laughs> part of that friendliness is, is absolutely what Matt's describing. You know, we have a, we have a hangout coming up where we're going to demo how HappyCog manages, you know, that CLI tool. Um, not as a, this is the way it is, but as a, this is an option for, you know, how do we want to use this moving forward? And it's, a, it's a fun thing to be able to kind of share that and see. You know, hey, does everyone else find this as useful as we've found it for the last couple of years? So you're saying Matt and his henchmen didn't load into a van, <laughs> bring a bunch of well, guns, did, drive, but... da- drive down drive down from New York to Philadelphia and just kind of, you know, take you guys over? <laughs> I'm saving my henchmen for, for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, am, I am once again thwarting a hostile takeover from Vector well, Media of NY Studio 107. Speaking of henchmen, though. Um, speaking of henchmen. I, it... it uh, I'm curious, like what? Uh, it's one thing for for dev teams to merge. It's, uh, I think, a more complicated thing for for management teams to merge. Mm, yeah. Um, how how does your how does your sales pipeline change? Like, how does your executive structure change? You know, for 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 the top dogs in this story, how how do y'all go about merging your structures there? Yeah. That's a, good, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and actually, there's a whole other part of it, which is, and I'll answer that in a second, but just really quickly, you know, this is a dev podcast, and Mark's a developer, and I, I'm a developer by trade, although these days it's, I'm more in a management role. Um, but 
Mark and I are definitely more speaking towards the dev team, but all of the stuff we're talking about here also applies to the design team, right? Because you, Vector has had a fantastic design team. Happycock has a fantastic design team. And all those same things that we're talking about, you know, the, the practical stuff of just we don't want to envision logins. We don't want to Adobe, whatever. That, that all happens there, but also the process stuff. And I think in a lot of ways, design is, you know, even more process oriented, you know, and creative process. And how do you merge those things? And, and I think you get into questions of like, is there a such thing as a happy cog aesthetic? Mm. Is there such thing as a vector aesthetic? Is that what people are coming for? You know? And so how do we make sure we save that? Those are really complicated questions that I, because I'm the dev guy, I'm very happy. I don't have to be in charge of, but our, my business partner, Nick, who runs our design team, he is great. And so he's trying to think of all that stuff on the, for the design parts. Yeah. And, and, and to Michael's point on this, I mean, there are a lot of interesting logistical things like, you know, how do you, how do you merge things like benefits and vacation time and things where, you know, maybe, uh, one group had, maybe one group had more vacation time than the other. I mean, how, how do you reconcile all of that HR ish kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess I'll give my input as from the management side and maybe Mark can give some of his input from the employee side because, mm-hmm. again, it's a really important thing. We really wanted to make it as smooth as possible for the Happy Cog employees because um, I know, like our HR our HR manager here, Maggie, who's fantastic, in her previous company, she had been a, it had been acquired. And she, at the very beginning of this process, she told me that the whole time for them, there was like weeks when it was just, it was scary. Like they didn't know what was happening and, and they didn't really know what to expect. And so all the partners here tried hard to avoid that situation with Happy Cog and to like clearly communicate, make sure people knew what was going on, make sure there wasn't a risk of losing health insurance, payroll, all of those kinds of things. So that, to really answer your question, the, the fact is it is an acquisition and not a merger. And so the, the kind, we are getting absolutely the benefit of Greg Hoy, who is a, um, who is the principal at Happy Cog. We're going to get the benefit of his expertise for the next couple of months. Mm. And then he's going to uh, transition out. And ah, the remaining, okay. remaining management team is going to be the uh, existing vector management team. And then as far as payroll and benefits and things like that, again, Mark, happy to hear from your perspective. But we, we tried to make it super easy to get them onto our systems. I don't know, Mark, what do you think? Did we do a good job or has it been okay? Well, apparently, Mark, Mark, Mark has, has ducked out to uh, get his kids off the bus because it's uh, oh. snowmageddon over there. Oh my goodness! Sorry. So, uh, so he'll be back in like a minute. <laughs> From a just a pragmatic point of view, they ended up moving on to Vector's payroll system, right. Vector's insurance. They, they're at this point, they're all oh, the Happy Cog employees are Vector. Yeah, it's just it's a whole lot of stuff that needs to get switched over. You know, four hundred one ks and all that kind of fun stuff. You know, it is are most people. Uh, who are currently with Happy Cog staying on through the transition? Yes. Cool. Yeah, that's an important part of it for us. Um, Mark, we were just talking about, I think he's back now, we were just talking about like the, tra- the actual transition, like the pragmatically, you know, like to move on to the different payroll and health insurance. And I was, I was saying, I hope we did a good job with that just because I know Maggie was running that and she did a really good, it seemed like she was putting a lot of attention on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys... You all did such a good job. We didn't even miss miss a payroll, so it was uh, it was as well done as I could have possibly hoped. I was kind of hoping you didn't come back, Mark. I was going to impersonate you and demand a raise. <laughs> 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 See what I could negotiate for you. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, I have a, a question just in general about uh, Vector Media and the the kind of clients you work with. Vector I mean, group. Vector Media Group. 
Vector That's Media Group. That's a hostile takeover that needs to happen. I know. I, yeah, I know. It feels very hostile right now. Jeez, Matt. Okay. <laughs> um, so in terms of the uh, the projects and the clients that Vector Media Group works with, I mean, you, you mentioned that a you think that for a lot of the the smaller developers in the web development craft community type thing that the the jobs don't really overlap, but you do also partner with a number of, uh, of developers sometimes, right? Um, you mean in terms of us doing work for them or them doing work for us? Or yeah, both ways, stuff? both ways. Yeah. So it's interesting. We, uh, there are a number of developers in the, in various communities that I would say are focused on certain kinds of technologies and don't have necessarily like specialized expertise and some stuff they want to do. Right. And so you see a lot of times they kind of hire out to us for a certain work, like a good example would be Elasticsearch. We do a lot of work with Elasticsearch. It's kind of a, I don't want to say it's a specialty technology, but it's like not the easiest thing to learn if you haven't used it before. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've seen before other developers hiring us to um, to kind of help them on a project case by case, or just if a lot of agencies when they're just first getting into something like Expression Engine or Craft, they don't know, or Drupal or WordPress or whatever, and they don't know best practices, they'll sometimes ask us for just some consulting hours to help with that. In other cases, We've definitely sent work or referred clients over to other agencies. I, I think, as I said before, like there's some cases where clients aren't the right fit for us and they're great clients. They just, for whatever reason, it's not the right fit. And so we'll, we'll send them to other, other agencies. We don't, we're n- we don't feel like we're anybody's enemy. We're not trying to crush anybody. I feel like there's plenty of room agencies of every size. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because you have kind of recently been acquiring stuff. Right. So there was uh, originally you acquired when Mighty Robot kind of fell apart. You ended up acquiring Cartthrob and their other properties. And then you also acquired Dev Demon for a little bit. And then I think uh, you ended up selling a, a decent amount of that IP uh, over to EE Harbor. And now you're acquiring Happy Cog. I mean, it, it kind of seems like there is a mastermind over there that's playing chess and is trying to figure out, you know, okay, what am I going to. What am I going to buy up next? Should, should people in the community kind of be expecting a call from you? Maybe are you on a on a roll with these acquisitions? <laughs> um, no, we're not on a roll with acquisitions. I, we are we are not planning on doing a bunch of we are not planning on doing a bunch of um, more acquisitions. I, I guess I'm not ruling it out, but even the other acquisitions that we made, which were really product more than agency acquisitions. Those were just, um, it, it happened to be the right, we happened to be the, in the right place at the right time for those. I'm not trying to evade your question. I just, I think of them as, as different. In those cases, there was basically quasi abandoned technology that we thought would be interesting that we wanted to keep, we wanted to keep alive. And so mm-hmm. we acquired it. The Happy Cog acquisition, it's, it's a totally different situation. You have two thriving agencies that we, we thought would make a better fit together. And, and honestly, just without getting into the specifics, the order of magnitude of, of price of, of the numbers we're talking about on these acquisitions are, are total are not even in the same ballpark. You know, the previous things we did were just kind of small technology um, acquisitions and IP related. The Happy Cog deal is a is a totally different, totally different thing. Well, in, in part, I'm asking in general, and in part, I'm also asking for a friend. There's a, an agency called Top Shelf Craft. That it sounds like um, some of the assets might be up for grabs. And if you're in the kind of uh, you know 
mastermind uh, to, to acquiring be very clear, mood. To yes. be very clear, top, no part of Top Shelf Craft is currently up for grabs. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of um, uh, um, a lot of really wonderful other projects that would love to find a new home and are close to finding a new home. So, uh, I'm just trying Top to Shelf Craft is not for sale. Top Shelf Craft is is doing just fine, <laughs> but. Just, just to nip any rumors in the bud. I'm just trying to help you out. You said that you were in the process of uh, divesting certain things. I, I figured I, you might be able to make a deal live on on the uh, podcast. Um, I, I don't know, Matt. You want to buy some clients? <laughs> um, no, I. <laughs> uh, that so, so so that process is is fairly far along. Okay. Uh, for 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 me and um, and I'm really excited about where that's going. For me, it's it's. Uh, uh, a move to uh, consolidate more of my time towards products and tech and away from management and and to uh, uh, you know find ways to to see that my clients are more uh, readily attended to as as their projects grow. You know, it's I mean it's the the classic problem of any any agency that that we've been talking about, even in the case of. Of Vector Media Group or Happy Cog, it's like the bigger the projects get, the the more beholden you sort of get to them for all of your your logistics and timing, and then you start making staffing decisions so that you can serve these projects. But then, you know, projects almost never go exactly the way that that you plan, and so it's always the sort of juggling act between capacity, like having capacity and filling capacity, and and they're almost never perfectly matched for for any satisfactorily long period of time <laughs> yeah well so. that, that's exactly what matt is <laughs> is talking about in terms of why vector media group is acquiring happy cog to be able to, to have that capacity to be able to give the full service to their clients i i just figured you know as long as we're on yeah. the air as long as matt is in the buying mood and the the wallet yeah. is out a lot of you know? a lot of my clients um will be will be much better attended to in a larger agency a, a larger agency than I want to be, yeah. And so, so that's that's that story. It's like you know, I, I could I could be a larger agency, but that would take a lot of my my energy from from places where I would rather leverage it. So, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry to to burst the bubble, but but Top Shelf Craft is not for sale. But but actually, I'm I'm curious when you there's a million different ways to to buy a company. You know, a, a million different ways to structure the the financials of a deal and like, you know, without going into price tags, which I'm sure are very private. Can you, can you talk about like thematically how business wise this deal was structured and what made it feel right to do it that way? I think what I could talk about are um, the different ways you could structure a deal like this. That would, so <laughs> I can't get into these specific details, but I can, I can talk hypothetically about different things you, that could be discussed. So, does that sound good? Yes, and and I'm you know I'm I'm curious mostly like the merits that you see in different combinations of you know of these options. Yeah, so I mentioned before that when you're buying an agency, really the kind of things you're buying are it's a straightforward list, right? You're buying their people, you're buying their process, you're buying their clients, and you're buying their brand and reputation. I mean, there's a couple other things you're buying, but that's kind of what an agency is, right? That's like the definition of an agency in a way. And so I think it's important. And so what you see oftentimes structured are 
are different ways to incentivize the like growth and continuation of those things. So sometimes you see agencies get acquired and it's just kind of like an all upfront cash payment. Sometimes you see agencies get acquired and it's some kind of upfront cash payment along with some kind of continuing payment over time. And sometimes you see agencies get acquired and there's a, like a performance, some kind of performance factor with the current owners, right? Like if you're saying that your client, if you're going to the agency, well, a lot of, a lot of the value of this is your clients. Well, well, we'll give you 50% up front and the rest of the money will be some percentage of how much revenue we can keep. This way, if the clients jet, then, you know, then if the clients leave, you're not out quite as much money. So those are, I would say, the common ways to structure deals like this. You also, you also, I, I think an important thing to note is that it was very important to the Happy Cog leadership that if they were going to do a deal like this, that they were getting a new, that the, that the employees were going to get a good home. And so I don't think it was just about the financials of the deal. I think they really wanted to understand, like, what is it going to mean? How are we going to treat their employees? How are we going to treat their clients? And so that's part of a deal, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the intangibles of the deal. Well, Matt, I, I need you. I think we need to kind of wrap it up here, but I, I need you to make me a promise. Uh, well, I need to hear it first. Yes, very smart, very wise. <laughs> you, you, you need to pr- promise me that you're going to give Mark the time he needs to work on CraftQL. <laughs> Mark, what do you think? Like, have we have we like taken too much advantage of you in the in a week or two or whatever long? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I'm, see, he's he's going to be fine. I promise you, Andrew, that that Mark will have at least twenty minutes each month to do whatever you need him to do on. That sounds incredibly fair. That's actually more generous than I thought you were going to offer. <laughs> no, I mean, so to, I know you're kidding around, but but just to be serious really quickly, a lot of our employees do like open source things on the side. They have side things that they do for mm-hmm. either like small clients or just their own interests. And we're, we totally encourage that. It's yeah. Important. Well, I want to thank both of you for coming on here and having a, a conversation about this. I really appreciate that uh, you took the time out of your day to, to come on, Matt. Uh, and Mark, you as well. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thank you. But that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast. To have every episode delivered to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to our RSS or subscribe via iTunes or Google Play. And if you like what we're doing, please leave us a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at devmode.fm. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Just leave us a comment on the devmode.fm website. And if you have a company that is up for sale, you can list it up there. Uh, Matt will be watching it closely to see if there are any more acquisitions that he can take in. Uh, for the devmode.fm podcast, I'm Andrew Welch. And I'm Michael Rogg. And thank you, Matt and Mark, for coming on. Thank you.